When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're going to go to the left when I say Tom Bernard show with you go first. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm there. As soon as JB's done with his bowling grip there, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. right hand. Tom Bernard show with Jeff Cesario. JB, the one that's been beat up on all day. <laughs> What's the Kirk? And Andy Bernard. We'll be right back in two minutes. Jeff Cesario with us. Tom Bernard show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Cesario with us. <laughs> I like the digs, man. I like them, too. This is happening. 
The other one, the other studio raised our rent over 5000 a month and went, I'm not paying 5000 a that. month? That's a lot. Like, no. That's like a house in L.A., man. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. like, yeah, I don't think can so. Can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, Andy, you can edit it out, right? Oh, it's, I don't want it's to. Syndicated Cassie's around editing around it. I'll say but... BS. That was BS then. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Five grand this is for put rent. Up. This is an well, afternoon show around the You also state. should have seen the place. It was pretty I nice. think I did. That was over in... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right upstairs from... But Mac- still, to, to quote the late, great Gary Shanley, if I'm paying $5,000 a month, I should see breasts against the window. <laughs> <laughs> was wonderful oh he? my god just an amazing human being and a great guy and uh, uh as close as i had to a mentor you know he was he was right. a true uh influential peer who helped me at virtually every turn uh even things that had no bearing on show business yeah i remember i finally had enough money to go buy a new car a new truck i wanted to get a toyota forerunner I always wanted a forerunner but i'd never bought a car by myself you know i just uh, had never done that and uh he said oh, i go with you i like that and i went you like that he goes i hey, asked fun so <laughs> we went out to the toyota dealership and of course they recognized gary immediately so he's using that to just crowbar the price down. <laughs> <laughs> it was really impressive it was uh it was a very nice older brother thing to do what did he die of uh you know i don't no, officially, I but I, I don't think some, it was a heart, essentially some, some form of heart attack. Issue. Yeah. yeah. And he, he had had, no, he was 66, I believe. Uh, Gary, we're talking about Gary Shanley. Shanley, yeah. 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 Let's see here. And, and he, 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 uh, he had um, some sort of heart event mm-hmm. and fell over, and, and that was that. He's, he doesn't live with anybody or anything, and it took somebody a oh, while yeah. to find out <clears throat> yeah. that he was down. And then by the time they got to him, it was too late. That's too yeah, bad. I loved him. Hyperparathyroidism, yeah. which is like hyperthyroidism, but worse. So what does well, that mean? It's like hyperthyroidism. Well, with hyperthyroidism, I mean, you know, it makes you, you're too hot. Yeah. You lose weight too oh, easily, yeah, that kind of thing. True. My and mother if that had goes, that. If it goes on for too long, then it just overstresses your body and you just kind of. Die. I want to get gigantism. I want to be like <laughs> eight feet yeah. tall. I don't think you can <laughs> get that. <laughs> that Start lording fun. over everyone. Ga- Gary Laugh, Sh- bitch. <laughs> That'd be great. What? Just, <laughs> just grow. Gary Shandling was one of the the one of the uh, Mount Rushmore people for Fox Network. Yeah, he was. That was right. It was a sim- It was Tracy Ullman. Yeah. The Simpsons, Gary Shandling, and um, in Ed Living O'Neal. Color. Oh, was it in Living Color? Yeah. In Living Color. Well, all, all of those shows, incredibly and uh, they were all groundbreaking. S- right, yep. and they were all Sunday when they first started. Oh, that's true. And they got Gary from HBO. They got the second run right, of, right. of Larry Sanders' show off that, I think. They had some great crazy deal. But, yeah, all those shows. In Living Color was just tremendous. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you have worked with some giants in the industry. I mean, phenomenal shows. I've been fortunate enough to have worked well, with you. you're uh, also a very talented guy. Might have something to do with it. Yeah. You know, I like to think that when I get the shot, when I, you know, I came up in a time in stand-up where uh, merit 
was always one of the top three things you had to deal with. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, nothing in life is really merit-based. You know, we don't no, really have a meritocracy. Lot, yeah. But at that time in stand-up, if you were genuinely funny, you would probably get some calls. Uh, you would get some people who were funny enjoying your comedy. And I think that still exists. But back then... Um, because of the nature of the business where there was just a very small end of the funnel on one end, which was essentially the Johnny Carson show for comedy. And on the other end, it was still a giant and opening end of the funnel. So everybody right. poured in and you, if you were lucky enough, you came out the other end. So I got to meet a lot of guys through that. And, uh, and, and I'd like to think when they gave me the break, I turned around and, and did a good job. For I don't me. think there's any question about that. So yeah, Denny and, uh, Dennis Miller and, uh, Gary Shandling, and then went on to work with Russell Brand, uh, who was great. Uh, really was he really? It. Yeah, he was great. He's just, uh, you know, all, any performer from the outside uh, is going to have, uh, you know, uh, a veneer to them that might look prickly to a yeah. civilian. You know, I'm sure you get it here in town, you know. Who, me? No, yeah. I'm straight <laughs> ahead. Everybody loves me. <laughs> he just starts laughing. Very Mr. Rogers Thank vibe you. to him. Thank you very much. They Cesario, just went to a test pattern. I've known him for 33 years, and he just goes, ah, that's funny that you're a good guy. But somebody, anyway. no, somebody won't know it and will think, well, I've heard stories or this yep. or that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, you know, yeah. there's so much of show business that is the business end of it that you have to deal with as a business person if you the star of the show and uh you can often get a rep from that that's not deserved in other areas of oh, your life or in other areas of your career so and russell was a guy who i think people thought was just uh sort of so uh flying off the top of his head and mercurial and whatnot but the guy had an incredible heart if you want to see something that's unbelievable one of the biggest disappointments i have in show business is not being able to keep his show on the air. I, I was co-executive producer and writer on Brand X, mm -hmm. uh, which was on FX. Um, and the first incarnation was a little too harsh. I came in, we kind of solved it for about eight episodes. Yeah. And then it kind of went away. It got away from us when we went live. But those eight episodes are great. He does a thing with the Westboro Baptist Church with two or three people from Westboro. Fred, uh, what was it? Yeah. Fred, Fred Phelps. Fred yeah. Phelps. There and you. he... He literally goes right into the core, turns it counterclockwise, and diffuses the whole thing. It's the most amazing thing. And right now, especially in this country, we could probably use some of that level of humor. Because right. he didn't take a side. He just said – he just tried to find out why. Where is the hate coming from? Right, right. Let's try to diffuse this. And uh, – and, uh, boy, he was really good at it. He was really good at it. And then I worked with, geez, Queen Latifah, and, uh, who, was, who was just a monster. She was so great. She was such a talent. Yeah. So funny, yep. so respectful of myself and the writers, and because and all of us were stand-ups. And she just said, I'm not going to try to do a monologue because I have too much respect for what you guys do. Really? And I went, holy smokes. All right. She said, let's do a Carol Burnett thing where I'm more the straight person and we bring in the Tim Conways of the world and mm -hmm. you guys can play characters and we'll eat up the 11 minutes at the front of the show that's supposed to be funny doing stuff like that. So uh, she, she, that's, that's the second disappointment is that we couldn't keep that on the air, which I don't why? know why the ratings were, were fine. I was going to say, why, she did have ratings. What's the problem? Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's above my pay grade, as they like to say in showbiz. Um, you remember a very talented singer in the 40s and 50s who, well, he had the number one rated TV show and it went away? 
was unforgettable. Yes. Nat King Cole, sure, yeah. yeah. That, that's why. You Same know, reason. I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I, I don't doubt that that may have been a factor, but um, what Wendy race? Williams is doing great. Uh, Steve yeah. Harvey's killing it. Well, um, I think it was that and also where her roots are from, which is hip-hop, rap, whatever you want yeah, to call yeah. it. Yeah, so. although she's got a killer couple of jazz albums. Yes, they're just people, monstrous. Don't, people don't know she can actually sing. And she's funny, and she's done mainstream movies. I mean, you know, uh, Steve Martin's biggest movie still at the box office is the one he did with Latifah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Bringing Down the House? I can't remember what it's yeah. called. Uh, so. Yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I think there was also... Uh, a lack of patience in certain circles, and I can't quite figure out which circles they were. D- daytime, man. I mean, I worked my whole career in, in like late night and variety and stuff like that, which is pretty cutthroat. But daytime, <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Just a, you talk about a snake pit. Yep. There are there is there's eight agendas, and they all have to be served. Really? At least in late night, you can go, okay, where's the two or three we definitely have to serve? We'll pay lip service to these two or three, and these two or three will go away. Doesn't happen in daytime. Everybody's got to say well, the network, the uh, the affiliates, really? uh, mm-hmm. the studio, uh, the management of this, the management of that, the management of this. Then uh, somebody weighs in from the commercial end of it. I mean, you're just like, oh my God. So we broke it down. We're on late night. At least you could do uh, Joe setup punchline. In daytime, you had to do setup, information, takeaway punchline. That's what we finally broke it down to. So it was really, really like you got to do uh, the setup being. Um, you guys familiar with uh, this Judge Kavanaugh stuff? Then you had to lay out the information for everybody. Uh, he's running for this. Uh, he's up for the Supreme Court, and there's uh, some, uh, uh, um, 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 uh, uh, you know, Backlash. a discrepancy yeah. about uh, discrepancy. his background. Right. Right. Uh, people coming from both areas. Then the takeaway. If you want to learn more about that, uh, uh, there will be a great mm-hmm. website. Uh, we'll link into that right now underneath the thing. And now the joke. And you just go, <laughs> well, we're 45 seconds from yeah, the setup. Yeah, that's a tough road to hold, It was man. really interesting. It was really a lot of fun. But but uh, I still consider her one, one of the great – boy, she was so fun. Never any attitude. Well, really. I, I also think there was, to use the word backlash again, um, I know in the black community, people were still waiting for her to announce her um, sexuality. Yes. Yeah, I think Which I think I don't know why that's a, such a big issue, but it I, is. I don't either. But uh there was there was that going there was the uh you know, the inability for whatever reason from a production standpoint. And again, on that show I was just writing and then I wound up head writing. Um from the powers that be, I mean, we said immediately, well, she should do a song at least twice a week. No, can't afford it. So like once every 2 months she would do a song and you would go, well, that's her wheelhouse. That's what's going to make her comfortable is do a song a couple of times a week. I mean, it could be just her and a piano player doing a jazz standard. And and then, I mean, she was able to get great musicians in, but she couldn't perform with them. And then you were like, well, you got this versatile artist sitting eight feet away. She can't get up on stage. So that was a little weird. Yeah. And then we got to a place where we, we got her... Um, a little digicart where she could play uh, uh, just 
you know, rhythm tracks and things that you buy, stock rhythm tracks and things like that that didn't cost us right. any money. She would hit them and riff over them like... Well, I mean, she's a tremendous rapper. So she had that improvisation, but she would go off. She would play like a Latin track and just kill it. And it was hilarious. And the crowd got into it. But it was it, it was in the two months towards the end of the show where everybody had just decided the, the show was done. And she was really? crushing it. Just, I mean, things that, that's all you have to do. I mean, Peter LaSalle, he was a great producer at The Tonight Show and then on Letterman. Uh, gave me the greatest advice I ever got as a producer. When I first started to produce Dennis Merle Live, I went to him, I said, what do I do? And he said, whatever your star does well, just do that. If they hit the curveball, just pitch them curveballs. Yeah. Don't try to sneak a fastball in. They're no, not going like to yeah, hit it. They're not going to hit it. They're not going to look as good as they look when they're hitting the curveball. So just pitch them curveballs. And in that environment, we could not give her her pitch consistently. Which is too bad. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Um, I should announce to people that during that conversation, I didn't realize that JB was black, so he won't be back after the break. <laughs> yeah. But who's going to cut him? He's gonna be the Nat King Cole of the Tom Bernard show. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that that, that is interesting. Because working with people, I, I don't know how many people I've worked with on the show now. I think it's got to be... On the morning show, it's got to be 60 people, probably. Wow. Maybe even 70 people. I don't even yeah, know. There yeah. are a lot of them. And it's interesting. Some of them, you go, oh, really? They're going to leave and they're going to do that's too bad. And then other people, you go, oh, finally. Yeah. You yeah. Know, isn't that weird? It is. And then if you um, communicate that to anyone in, in your staff, even your inner circle, oh, yeah. somehow that sneaks out. Oh, and yes, then all it of a does. sudden. Steve Harvey's a, a, a cranky dude because mm-hmm. he did this, that, or the other thing. And you go, do you? First of all, Steve Harvey's hosting everything. He is yeah. now. Yeah. I think I, he's pretty sure he's the barista at my Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, this guy's <laughs> everywhere. So he's exo- you know, and he's right. not. He ain't no spring chicken. No, Steve no, Harvey not. came up when I came up. You know, so yeah, that's true. Steve's been yeah, doing right. it a long time. How old is he? Like he's ah. got to be almost yeah, sixty-one. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so Steve's pounding it, man. I mean, he's doing three, four, five shows. So on his talk show, there is an inner circle that is supposed to remain an inner circle for any talk show host. Right, right. And I remember there was a dust up about. He was saying something that uh, the first thing I thought of was as a producer. Oh, that was just supposed to stay in the room. He was mm-hmm. telling somebody else to go take care of it because this is what it's been. Right. Probably right. the end of an 11-hour day for him. Yeah. Somebody's not covering his ass who is paid good money to cover his ass. I don't get that. I understand that at I all. don't either. We will be right back more with Justice Cesario. He is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. Right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of a 92.5-pound weight loss at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I started in March, and in just over five months, I learned about clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, very important. I'm now in the reset phase and then on to the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program, which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner on Monday, October 15th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. 
Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities and Plymouth Dinner on October 15th. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Justice Arion Studio tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30 at Acme. It's been a while. When's the last time you were in town? Uh, about a year ago was the first time I had done Acme in over 10 years. That's what I thought. And, uh, <laughs> and it just went great, and I had a great time, and Lewis and I had a, had a great time together. And, uh, and I said, let's, let's do this, because, you know, I don't get out as much on the road as I used to, because mm-hmm. I got a, a 10-year-old daughter, and, uh, and I'm doing uh, producing and writing in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, so when I do get out, I want it to be a good club, and I want to know that... Um, that uh, you know it'll be appreciated and things will run smooth and Lewis Lee just does the trick there. Lewis is great. He's great. <laughs> he's he's awesome. All right, I, I'll tell you this. I've told this story before, so forgive me, but Jeff's never heard this. So, uh, you know, they were building it, that new apartment building across the street, and they shut down all the parking around Acme oh, and all the rest yeah. of it. And they just shut down everything. And so Lewis calls me and he goes, Tom, I have an idea to save this whole thing. I want to get together with you. We could, I'll stay. Acme will stay where it is. This, this is the answer. It's going to be great. I said, okay. So I met him that afternoon. I said, okay, Lewis, I want to hear your idea. This is great. He goes, no, this is, it, it just occurred to me. It's a great idea. You buy the building. I'm like, <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, you should buy the building and then rent to me. It'll be like, yeah, great idea. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't know if you don't know. I'm not Donald Trump, first of all, so uh, I don't know. That's Lewis, so great. I, love I was Lewis. driving in uh, to the gig last night, and I just really absorbed all the development that's gone that's on down there since I first played the club 15 years Unbelievable. ago. Unbelievable. Uh, Too and much, you might argue. You'll appreciate this. I, I, the first thing I said to Lewis was, wow, Lewis. We go back because the first time I did this club, it was you could almost just see mm-hmm. the horizon line. Yeah, the development yep. here—it almost looks like like Florence, Italy, or something. There's apartments on the river, and then it's <laughs> right. beautiful. And the first thing he goes is no parking. <laughs> no that's, parking. That's actually what I got to get my first show out of here so that true. my second show can park. It's hurting them it's really true. bad. Yeah, actually, it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, they'll figure something out. It's hover legendary. parking. That's my uh, hover parking. <laughs> hover parking. Aren't Some we supposed of, to be to that point? By now. We're close. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed the whole Jetsons thing hasn't happened yet. I'm with you, JB. Yeah. Well, it's 2001. We didn't even get there by 2018, so what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, we're I, close. We're close. We're kind of pissing it away. It seems like you have to get some sort of uh, big ass or porno tape or both, and then you can launch into an area where you have implants. <laughs> so I'm going to get ass implants. I think that's going to. You're going to get ass implants. Yeah, I think it's going to. Very gonna, famous in the yeah. Italian crowd. Sure, very sure. famous. You'd I, think but, I wouldn't need ass implants. But, as, butt implants. Yeah, it's good. Because I have the classic Italian male body. I have the thighs of a 270 pound man and the chest of a small Romanian gymnast. <laughs> I had the uh, you know the the custodian comment this morning. I already heard from the uh, Italian American Society. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> really, Tom? You think that's funny, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't. I, I absolutely. That do was not. my guest who said that. <laughs> yeah. It was a guy. I think he might. Be, I don't know, he's an Arab or something. I don't know. <laughs> Some kind of. I just, uh, the whole idea is amazing. Um, when you, so how long ago did you leave here? I was only here three years. I got three here in 80 right. and I left in 83. I went to Los Angeles in 83, about nine months after Louis Anderson went out. Yep. And we were the only two guys out there from here at the time. Joel, Joel Hodgson was out there as yeah, well. Yeah, right, right. And, uh, um, and uh, so the three of us kind of represented what I like to call the ice pack. And then pretty soon <laughs> yes. other, other, other Minnesotans came out, or folks from this comedy community. Mm-hmm. And, wow, small but mighty, everybody did great. I mean, Liz Winstead actually went to New York and started The Daily Show. And Hodgson just went right to, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 and took that to the right. nth degree. And then guys like Sid Youngers and Joel Madison came out and sure. KP Anderson got involved in all the... KP's uh, great. Uh, yeah, all the uh, all those uh, soups, the talk soups and all that stuff. I still understand randoms. why that show doesn't make it. I don't get it. What, Joe Talk Ma- Soup? Well, no, Joe oh, McHale's show got canceled. Oh, on Netflix. On yeah. Netflix, yeah. yeah I'm not goes... sure. I don't know what their metrics are. Nobody knows what their metrics are. That's true. Yeah. He goes after powerful people in showbiz, I think, is the problem. Really? You think so? I think they, like, <sighs> shut him down. That's too bad. Not literally, but, you know. I like Joel. Yeah, well, look, he's not hurting. No, 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 he's doing fine. fine. Yeah, I understand. He's, he's, he's doing fine. fine. But he, do- he yeah. has had a lot of failed shows in that vein. Well, I mean, Talk Soup was on for a long time with him oh, hosting it yeah, and really right. launched a lot of hosts off that show from yep. Greg Kinnear to Aisha Tyler yep. to uh, to Joel. So, um, you know, it's an interesting vehicle that lasted a long time. I don't know what he's going to be up to, but he's he's got enough range where he could do just about anything he wants. He's got, what, three TV shows so far, Community and... Uh, yeah, he, great... he was on... Well, what else was he on? Well, he, he was in th- Ted. Oh, he's in Ted. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he and he was just got a. Th- he's doing a lot of movie parts. He's the perfect sort of yeah. white frat boy. Yeah, he is. Uh, we need someone who can look convincing driving a Beamer convertible. <laughs> Joel be McHale. Joel McHale. He's tall enough too. And you Instantly. want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you want to punch Joel in the face? No, I'm just saying the characters that he plays. I, yeah, no, I, yeah. I like it. He's always been very, very nice to me. Well, KP's great. Yeah. KP's wonderful. And, and Joel's always been great coming on the show. And just really nice man. Yeah, yeah. Great and guy. then uh, Michael, uh, uh, oh, Jesus, what's Michael's last name? He, More? He, he, no, he had the show that followed. That, no. <laughs> Michael Carbo. Is it not Carbo? Michael, oh, it's Carbonaro? A, no, not Michael Carbonaro. In what? He used to have Context? a show right after, he had his own show right after um, Talk Soup, like a year ago or two years ago. Oh, right? wow. Michael, God, he's coming to town. A year ago. Talk no, Soup has been ago. off well, the air like, like two years ago. 
I think Talk Soup has been off huh. the air for like a decade, hasn't it? No, 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 no. 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 They, kept, they kept running it with Talk different hosts. <clears throat> 2002. So, what's 2002? It's been 16 years. No, Talk, talk, talk Soup went off the air two years ago. They kept it on in some incarnation. Well, it wasn't called Talk Soup. It was just called The Soup. It was just called The Soup. And then they had a sports version of it. Mm -hmm. That was Michael. What's his name? God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It starts with a C. It's starting to... uh, Car... Well, there was uh, John Caparulo. Caparulo. I like John Caparulo. Mm -hmm. He's an interesting guy. John Caparulo. We haven't seen him in a while. I know. I don't know where Johnny is. I don't know what he's doing. He went away. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why. It was very funny. A very nice guy. I mean, he was a splitting image of a guy I worked with at the U. When they both wore baseball caps. Baseball caps. Holy crap. That's Chris. Well, he does match a about 33% of the population <laughs> of Minnesota. That's very true. When he puts on that baseball yeah, cap. he does. It's he looks like a true. lot of guys who are going fishing. There's no question. No, the last time I saw Jeff in studio at KQ, because, you know, I've been there and and I've been gone, and he's been there. And yeah. You brought in those white hats, and you signed them for all of us. Oh, and yeah, I, that's I, a long time ago. And I asked you for one, and I think you got upset at me, so you wrote something. Way to go, JB. Starting trouble again. There's no way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, condescending you wrote, from uh, you wrote, Cesario. You wrote, no, I think it was because you, uh, you had opined in a somewhat negative manner about the hat. Did I? And then you asked for one. Oh, I so like then Alpine, I, but... Yeah. So it might I, have been because it was in Wisconsin colors, red yes, and white. exactly. And I'm wearing my Badger hat yes, right you now, are which now. is irritating the hell out of you, I know. Yeah, I got my Minnesota championship rings on. Yeah, I know. So, but... This, the, the next one I'm getting that's coming soon was earned at Madison, so... Oh, really? Which one? Softball yeah. last spring. Softball last spring? Yeah. Man, yeah. That's not their, uh, that's not their forte. <laughs> Softball. Stick to the ice. Badger women. <laughs> Badger women That's hockey nice. team is going to be strong. Stick to the so? ice. This is the variation of the Rodney story. Yeah, right. Stick to tumbling. <laughs> which I will oh, do yeah. every time I, I come on, which is the Please classic. tell the story because it's one of my favorite stories of all time. I, I'm fresh off the turnip truck in Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, it's 1984. I know Jerry Seinfeld a little bit from the road. I go to the improv uh, just to hang with Jerry. Jerry's introducing me to some other comics. Rodney Dangerfield walks in at the height of his popularity. And and guys like that could just walk in and do a guest set, however long they wanted. Rodney's were always on the shorter side anyway. But he goes in to do his guest set. And on the way in, he's big hug for Jerry because they know each other from New York. And I go, boy, it'd be great to meet Rodney. And he says, you want to meet Rodney? Sure. On the way out, I'll just introduce you to Rodney. So I go, oh, this is great. So we wait like 15 minutes. Rodney's walking out. Jerry goes, hey, Rodney, wait a second. He's, Rodney's about to get into his limo. We're out on the street. He goes, hey, what do you need, Jerry? And uh, Jerry goes, hey, I want you to meet a, a friend of mine, a young comic, uh, very funny, uh, Jeff Cesario. Jeff, Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney goes, Cesario, huh? Italian, huh? Stick to the tumbling. And he just <laughs> gets right in the limo and takes off. <laughs> To the tumbling, you know. <laughs> I love it. One of the greatest moments on this show for me is about a year after Rodney died, maybe two years after he died, Joan, his lovely wife, called me and said, I want to do something on your podcast. I said, yeah, absolutely, whatever you want. So Joan comes on I said, Joan wants to do something. I haven't talked to her about it, but she can do whatever she wants. She said, well, it's kind of interesting, Tom, because I was going through some of Rodney's effects, and including some of his suits. 
and I took this one uh, suit coat out of the closet, and there were a bunch of jokes in the pocket. Do you want me to read the jokes to you? I was like, absolutely. Remember yeah. that, Andy? Mm-hmm. She read wow. the, and she was really good. Yeah. I mean, she did a she good. Was, oh, that's great. She was great reading the Rodney's jokes. From I was the, there that day. Yeah, you were there that day, too. That's <laughs> so great. God, Joan. She was good. Joan Dangerfield doing Rodney's wow. humor. Comedians in their little notepads and jokes. Gary Shandling, speaking of the late great Gary Shandling, yes. would always carry them on these, like, scraps of paper yeah. in his oh, pockets yeah. and uh, at the Comedy and Magic Club, which is one of the best rooms in the country, along with Acme. Uh, in L.A., it's like the only room that really has a green room uh, attached to it. Oh, yeah. So uh, comics love to hang out there. Um, and Gary would come in, and they had a beautiful table there, and he would pull his notes out, and I used to kid him. I used to say, it, your notes look like hobo money. <laughs> it, just, it just come out all crumpled and dirty, and you can't tell if it's a Canadian dollar or a comedy bit. You don't know what it is. I love that. And he would just like go through them. Yeah, he would just unfold them and uncrumple them. It was so great to watch his process. Well, you were talking about going out to L.A. in 83. I remember Catherine and I went out in 82. As a matter of fact, it was about this time in 1982 because the Thriller album came out while uh-huh. we were in Los Angeles, right? So I was just out there doing some voiceover at, at Buzzy. I don't know if Buzzy's even still around. <clears throat> but I was out there doing some voiceover and... Uh, we decided to go to the comedy store, right? So they gave us seats right in front of the stage. I mean, literally, you know, the, round, the kind of round thing. So we're right in front of the stage. Yeah. I'm sitting there. and ladies In the big room? The main room, yeah. probably? Yeah. yeah. And they said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, brand new guy uh, just got here. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's new to town. He's from Houston, Texas. Oh, Please boy. welcome Sam, Sam Kinison. Kinison. Yeah. I will never forget it as, far, no. as long as I live. He started yelling at me. I'm like, what is yeah. this guy's deal? Legend. And oh, and one of the greatest joke writers ever. People oh, yeah. associate him as the shouting comic, the loud comic. Right, right. Because that wound up being sort of his branding hook. But uh, there was a couple of anecdotes from the store the first was similar situation uh not too long after that maybe 84 85 uh and sam was starting to hit his stride but he insisted on going on late because of the content of his material and because it 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 uh, fed the mystique you know so he'd go man i'm going on at one forget it i love it and he'd do his whole thing and 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 dennis miller and i went together and there's a documentary on Sam in which they interview Dennis, and he talks about this. And he really? says, my friend Jeffrey Cesario and I were sitting in the front row, and Jeffrey. we couldn't stop laughing. We could not stop laughing. That's true. And, and that is so hard to make comedians laugh, oh, actually yeah. laugh. Oh, yeah. And and then he just started to, to play to to play to us, I mean, to play for us, to try to keep us on the floor. And he did it for like 40 minutes. And then there was another one later, after I'd done my first special, in uh, my second special in Denver in 91, um, I remember walking into the store, and, you know, I'd always been friendly with Sam, but our paths had never really crossed much, you know. And, and Sam, at that point, was at the height of what he was doing. And uh, 
And, you know, Sam was known to imbibe in a number of substances. Yeah. And so i walking in, and there was a little back bar that was just a service bar for the two rooms, the original room, which is the smaller room at the comedy store, and the main room. And it was always really, really busy. And I uh, am walking in, and I walk by, and there's no one in the service bar but Sam. And he's doing whippets off empty cans of ready. Oh, God. And he looks up and he goes, hey, man, I like your Showtime special. (laughs) And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, that bit about the jazz musician. It was great. And then he just, (laughs) and I, it was like, I was so honored. And I mean, you know, it was, first of all, he mentioned a bit that was in the special. So he clearly watched it. Right, right. And to have a guy like that say that was a great bit meant a lot because he's such oh, a yeah. great writer. And then he, he just amazing. threw the can in the garbage and went and did a set. <laughs> Fried his brain, man. And, yeah. <laughs> but, That's too wow. bad. And then there was another... <laughs> you may have to censor this one. Uh, there was another night where... Uh, well, why don't was... we do this? Let's take a break. Because okay, I want to hear the whole thing. This is it. This, you'll like this. I knew I would like it. We'll be right back more with Justice Ario at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're back in the saddle, as they say. Jeff Cesario about to deliver a story. That's why I wanted him to start in the third segment here so we could go all the way through it, which well, I love. We were talking about Sam Kinison, and I knew Sam a little bit from the comedy store, and uh, and uh, this is m- maybe my favorite Sam anecdote. There was a um, MC at the store, Carl uh, Wolfson, I believe his name is. I can't remember. Um, and uh, Carl was was was. Uh, you know, he was, he was a house MC. Mm-hmm. He was a, a really nice guy, had a couple of really good bits, and uh, just kind of knew that role. Wasn't one of those guys who's going to go on to do The Tonight Show or anything like that. But right. he, he served a function at the store and was good at it. So he went on to open the show. In the main room, and uh, Sam was the first comic up. So Carl's doing his bit, and he does a bit on uh, Merv Griffin being gay. Uh, 
uh, you know, it was a fairly open knowledge right, show right. business, even at that time, <clears throat> right. really open, you know. Um, and, and so he does a funny little bit and a little gay voice or whatever Carl did and and uh, finishes that bit and does another bit and then closes the show. He, he, he calls back the Merv Griffin bit at the end of his set. Guy stands up in the crowd and says, I am Merv Griffin's son. Oh. And I am appalled and insulted that you would say that about my father and do such an insulting bit. And this Paul falls over the room. Deathly. You could seriously hear a pin drop. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and right. Carl can barely mumble... I'm sorry, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Kinison. <laughs> so Sam walks out. Sam goes, uh, ladies oh. and gentlemen, before I begin my act, uh, I'd just like to take a moment here and uh, pay, uh, pay great respect to uh, our MC tonight, uh, Carl Wilson, who is the only man with the balls big enough to look Merv Griffin's son in the eye and say, your dad sucks cock! <laughs> was it actually Merv Griffin's yes. son? It really yeah. was? And then Sam proceeds to go off on another three minutes on how hypocritical it was for the son to even no bother. Question. Absolutely. Here's the deal. Your father was gay. Okay? Yeah. He was gay. We weren't making stuff up. No. Why are you offended by that? Why don't don't you like the fact your father's gay? It was gay? such a such a, a, a older brother thing to do, yeah. even for crazy Sam at the time to go and say you're not pushing around Carl this way. Car Carl's a comedy star guy. <laughs> don't think he can do, do that just because Carl doesn't have the tools to defend himself. Yeah, hang he, in there. He did, he did fall <laughs> apart pretty badly, huh? Yeah. So I just, funny. I you know, that's the whole deal. That's why that era of comedy has always been special. I mean, the 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 '80s. I mean, it just well, it exploded in what the late '70s. Comedy exploded again. Early '80s, yeah, it late was '70s, early '80s. Early 80s. Okay, yeah, 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 absolutely. The club scene exploded, and and there's, uh, I always like to say, there's a lot of guys now who go, man, I, I wish it was like it was in the in the old days, where mm -hmm. you know, and, and you go. You know, I was thinking about it like that's the aberration. The old days was the aberration. <laughs> that that decade from eighty two right. to ninety two, right. where people just went to comedy clubs because they heard it was fun, wanted to laugh. <laughs> you know, where else in show business do you not have to put asses in the seats yourself? Yeah. So finally, that corrected itself from a capitalist standpoint, mm -hmm. and now you have to develop a brand, and you have to nurture right. that brand, and you have to right. tell a club owner, "I can bring so many people in." of the crowd or what's the what's the point so it now is is the correction now is what's what's actually yeah, see that's accurate in terms of capitalism so it was that 10 years where people just go lady now let's just go to a club we don't care who's there <laughs> we don't care it'll be that's funny true. you know so that is true yeah. and it always was funny by the way Generally, well, it there were a lot of good comedians really, really ready good. to go. Yeah, yep. there really were. That that I will say about the eighties is you really had to kind of earn your stripes. It was it was it was the last frontier. It was sort of intellectual gunslinging at the time. Yeah. You just went in, and you know, people say to me today, "So you 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 know?" Because I I don't do much road work, but I do it, and I always think, you know, my job is to kill. 
That's my job. Right. People pay, right. Are, worked hard to make good money. I know now, having a kid, what it takes you to go out to a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 20 bucks, that's 40 bucks for the tickets. Right. I got to pay my babysitter 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then I, there's part, you know, it's $150 just to go to a crap movie. To now. a movie. So they're paying good money to sit out there. They deserve a great show. And then there's also the thing of, well, you know, I still have enough ego to go, well, I'm a great comic. I just am. You know, people go, well, you know, yeah, but. And I go, no, there's no buts. If I'm in a room with, I don't care who it is. I don't care if Chris Rock's there. There's still a part of me that goes, on any given night, if I'm in shape, I'm I'm the funniest guy in this room. Yeah. Whether anybody else believes it or not, that's why you got into comedy. You had to have that level of ego. Or what was the point? So a lot of your blazing names came from that era. You know, your mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's, your Sam right, Kinison's, right. your Dennis Miller's, your, you, you know, right. um, all, all, you know, most of the, your Roseanne's, all of those comics who just, mm-hmm. you went, wow, they came out of that, that school of comedy. God, it was, I was just thinking, just watching you talk about that whole thing. I don't remember what year it was, but you and Kevin Meany appeared at the Guthrie. Yeah. What year was that? Maybe 93. Oh, God. Somewhere around there, 93, 94. 27 yeah, years, yeah, yeah. 25 years ago. Yeah, something like that. Oh, my God. Uh, that was a fun show. 83 would have been 35 years ago. 93, I said. 93. So. Oh. 25 years ago, right? Yes. We're um, not that feeble, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're getting there. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. He, I do miss him. He was he was an odd guy. There's no doubt about it. So God, funny. funny. He was I don't really care. Funny. I don't care. My jokes don't go over. I don't care. <laughs> and then he would do the instrumental version. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Bing, bing, bing. Pow, 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 pow. He just didn't be like, what are you doing? He would go like three minutes on that song. He was unbelievable. He, so two hilarious. Th- two things about him. And I, I can picture you on stage right now. Yeah. At the Guthrie. It's weird. I get, you know, my brain is warped. There's no doubt about it. No, that's but great. I can Those see you great. See, I told you. <laughs> yeah, Andy told me a long time ago. I was right. <laughs> but two things very quickly about Kevin Meany. He was in studio at KQRS today. He found out that Uncle Buck was canceled. He got he, a call. He in was the in studio. studio. He was in studio when he found out it was canceled. And then he was also in studio. When the word came across that Jeffrey Dahmer had killed all these people and there were body parts all over his... So he goes, I, I can't do it, Kevin Meany impression, but he goes like, so let me get this straight. He had body parts, he had a head in his refrigerator and there was a heart on the stove. Can you imagine if you were the landlord? I said, what do you mean? He goes, landlord, opens up the door and goes, all this carpet's got to go. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. <laughs> that's the greatest. Ever. That is so funny. But, man, you've worked with, like I said, whether it's Kevin Meany or or Gary, Gary Shandling or Dennis Miller or whatever. Um, there's a reason you've worked with all those guys. I mean, it's true. You're a hell of a, a performer yourself, a hell of a writer. You know. Thanks. Well, I always approached it. I mean, I started in music. So for me, the, yeah. the guys I always dug were Quincy Jones or Herbie Hancock or people like that who, mm-hmm. who could produce. Uh, or you know Dave Grohl, guys yeah. who could produce and and then go out and perform and perform as a sideman or perform lead. I, I liked all of that, right. and so I like to do all of that. And uh, uh, the latest was uh, is Brian Regan. We got a show coming right. out on Netflix uh, called Stand Up and Away with Brian Regan on on Christmas Day. That's it amazing. drops. It's like a sketch show, and I executive oh, really? produced and. Uh, 
and uh, and uh, wrote on that, and uh, we had a blast. Boy, he's a sweetheart. Why has he chosen to do his? Because a lot of people don't even know who he is. I know, and it's yet here's weird. a guy who can put two thousand oh, yeah. pack two thousand in a heartbeat. But nobody, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people don't even know who he is. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It, it is, but uh, there's a whole bunch of people. It's it's come full circle. Oh, good. Since yeah. we've started in the late 70s and early yeah. 80s, when in both rock and roll and comedy. Back then, you popped through, you got a name, you did TV, you went on the road. You made your money on the road. Mm -hmm. Then that all went away, and MTV, and you start to do this, and your, your comedy specials, and then you develop into this, and if you don't get a sitcom, you're blah, blah, blah. And then it all goes away, and then the music industry blows apart. Then stand-up right. blows apart. Right. And now the place to make money is on the road it is, for musicians it? and for comedians. Oh, there's no doubt about that. So there's a whole slew of guys, uh, uh, and by guys, I mean comics. I mean Eliza Schlesinger. There's uh, uh, Bill Burr. Uh, there's uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Mm -hmm. there's, it's just name after name after name. They're making huge money. Hannibal Burris, whom I worked with on a television right. show. Sure. And he turned his back on the show just because he went, eh, I can make more money on the road. And, you know, and then you just go, well, uh, you, yes, you it's can. It's amazing. <laughs> you it know? is unbelievable. So, uh, so he really had a, a desire to do, Brian Regan had a desire to do a show, and we came up with a sketch show that are based off of his stand-up bits. So the glue of the sketches is his stand-up bits performed live in front of a crowd. And then we'll, we'll kick off his stand-up uh, sketch, and, and, and I mean, his stand-up bit and go into his sketch. Do you get a lot of, a lot of requests to, to, to work with other people? i got to believe after your... I mean, with your, your, I don't even know what you'd call it, just your record. Yeah, your resume probably. Your resume, yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah, it would be. You must have people asking you all the time to work with them. You know, it, it, it's, it goes in cycles. Yeah, I, oh, really? I, 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 yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'd like to think I'm probably in the, in the uh, my name is thrown in the, in the ring when someone's looking for a uh, performer-friendly producer, uh, yeah, because yeah, I know I what it's that. like to yep. be out there on that dot telling jokes and flying that plane by yourself. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I still get calls like that. But you know, I, I mean, do, yeah. man, there's a there's a tremendous new generation of comedians out there. Probably two, at least two half generations behind me so i got to stay plugged in and and keep uh, on board with with who's doing what out there's a comedian coming in to act me next week alex edelman uh who quite frankly you should have on hilarious young guy can't be what's he 30 maybe mm -hmm. um really really funny young guy we're in he's got a show in development with uh, some other people but but uh I like just going out and hanging with him and having coffee with him because I stay plugged into the, to, to what's happening now. And, and, and he's a guy who studies old comedy as well and, and knows the lineage of comedy. And uh, there's a young kid named Francisco Ramos, whom I like a lot. There's a lot of good young comics out there who are really good and are going to get some pops. And there's so many platforms now that uh, if you're willing to work for next to nothing for season one, well, yeah, you know, you'll, you can... You can you can develop uh, a, a vehicle for these comedians, and and I enjoy that a lot. I really do. It's it's like a it's like a puzzle figuring out how can you get 
the essence of this person out to the public. My first radio job, I made $11,000 a year. I will never forget that. Wow, yeah. It's just like anything. You start, you're not going to get any money. It's no. just how it is. There's no money coming your way. Yeah. No. I, I literally did uh, 7 to midnight in Rochester, New York. Uh, excuse me, Rochester, Minnesota at KWEB. And then I drove two hours from midnight to 2 o'clock in the morning to do overnights on KSTP radio. Wow. And I was making a total of eleven grand a year doing that. And so about I, four went to gas. Yeah, and about four went to gas. It's true. It was, yeah, it's it was the beginning true. of the gas crisis, too. So. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Uh, God, we only got a minute and a half left. It's unbelievable. The The... Is it tougher now for young comedians? Because everybody's so damn touchy about what's funny and what isn't. You know, I, ha I heard an interesting theory on that from a couple of young comics who said the reason a lot of comics are working so blue sexually mm -hmm. is because that steam is frustrated in any other area. They can't yeah, let it out yeah. politically now because you don't know who's going to do what to who. And, That's right. you know, we've all seen a hashtag end a career. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so there's a lot of really funny blue stuff going on in the clubs from younger comics. But I, I think you'll slowly see it start to come back. I, 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 I think, so. I think you'll see comics start to start to find a route between the polarization that is America right now and in a sort of post-Neo Will Rogers way, maybe help pull it together. You know, it's interesting I because hope. right now um, that comedy is, is popular on the radio too, the TNA comedy and all yeah. the rest of it. And I said, because we were talking about, oh, what do you think we should do? But I said, well, if you want me to do TNA humor, I can do that and we'll get huge ratings. But the problem is I'm not doing that. It's yeah. just really easy. It's just I don't find yeah. it funny in the least. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, and then and then you can't really take a left or a right anymore because no, you can't. You know where no. do you go with it? Where do you go? I can't. I, I'm, I'm afraid to talk about the left or the right right now. Oh, yeah. I hate and I mean sexually. I you, know. Do you go transgender? Do you go? I don't. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. No, I understand that completely. It you just, can't. You gotta. You gotta respect some group when they say that is hurtful. Then you go, okay, yeah. well, let me steer, try to steer my way around it and still get to a joke. But is everything hurtful? Probably. Well, I mean, everything is hurtful, so yeah. what are you going to do? Well, what I'm going to do is start helping my wife out selling crap online. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just going to organize the warehouse sense. for her. <laughs> but, go, what do you need? You need one of those cabbage patch dogs? That's shelf seven. I'll get it. I'll get it for you. I got nothing to do. So, it's perfect for retirement. I get to, I'll probably get to tool around on a little motor scooter in a small warehouse. Yeah, I'm going to do so it. So is comedy no longer uh, hatched or uh, baked from pain anymore? I hope it still is. I think it still is. Uh, in fact, the pain seems to be trumping the comedy right now. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot of uh, momentum for non-comedy comedy, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just like yelling at people for yeah. yeah, I think that'll even out too. You know, I but hope so. uh, 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 yes, I, I think it still comes from some place like that. It has to, or or there's no there's no anchor for it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Cesario, he is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty, both nights. Always terrific to see you, my friend. Oh, always a blast to come on. What All fun. these years, unbelievable. 32 years or something. 30, 30, yeah, 38. Really? 38 uh, years we met. We met 38 years yeah, ago, 1980. Yeah, I can't take it. I know. <laughs> All right, Good Lord. Great to see you, my friend. Thank Good you. Good seeing you. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Tom Bernard Show.